0: Welcome to Life Church Birmingham. We are glad you have listened today. We know God has a plan and purpose for your life and want to help you be successful in Jesus Christ. We know you will receive a message of hope and encouragement. What would be better for me to do to say your sins are forgiven or to arise? And be healed. And do you know what is not stated at any other place in this particular passage? Only one individual was healed, only one person received a miracle, and the anointing was on Jesus for everyone to get healed, but only one got healed. Why was this the case? It was because offense and death. Bitterness will shut the anointing down even on the life of Jesus Christ. You know, it didn't just shut it down for their miracle. It shut it down for others' miracles in the room as well. Offense and strife and unforgiveness and backbiting and murmuring and complaining and fighting and division within a church can shut the anointing down for somebody to get a breakthrough that is in the house. Offense will shut it down. And Jesus, as He was walking through Jericho, The devil understood that Bartimaeus was close and in proximity to a breakthrough that would not only affect his life, but it would affect the vicinity's lives because everyone knew he was blind. Everyone knew that he'd been a beggar for year after year after year after year. And if he got healed, it wasn't just going to be his physical body that was touched. Uh, His finances uh, would be touched because now he would be able to work. Uh, His spirit would be touched because he'd get set free from depression. Uh, Bartimaeus uh, was uh, in range of a complete breakthrough, and the devil was using and attempting to use one of the greatest weapons that he could use. The Bible tells us uh, in Mark chapter 11, around verse 20. Jesus is teaching the disciples, and he said these words. He said, you could have faith, if you have faith and do not doubt, you can speak to this mountain, and it will be thrown into the sea. You know, there's another passage that uses the same terminology, and it says, you can say to this tree, be uprooted and be thrown into the sea. About When I first read that scripture, when I first got saved, there was a bunch of pine trees in front of my church, And I would walk out in front of my church, Pastor Tim, and I'd speak to the pine trees uh, to be thrown in Big Creek Lake. There was a lake not too far from my church. And I'm telling you, with all the faith I had, I'd speak to the tree. I didn't understand that it was an allegory, that what Jesus was saying was he wasn't wanting the disciples to have a mountain-throwing contest or a tree-tossing contest. What he was saying was, what is in front of you that is impossible in the natural if you have faith in God and do not doubt uh, the impossible situation can happen Uh, the cancer diagnosis can be healed the diabetes can be healed the miracle breakthrough can be restored salvation can come if you have faith in God and what he was saying was not if you have enough faith and you don't have an inkling of doubt because it wasn't on the individual. The auspice was on God. God was the subject. Uh, What Jesus was saying is if you have faith in God, in his goodness, that he's a healer, that he's a deliverer, that he's loving, that he's kind, that he sets the captive free. He said if you have faith in a good God and don't doubt that, uh, You can speak to the impossible situation to be removed and it will obey you. Period. And then Jesus says this However, if you have offense, if you have an ought with your brother or your sister, you need to go to them and make it right. What was Jesus saying? He said, you can have the faith, you can have faith in God to move a mountain, but if you have aught against your brother or sister, it's going to shut the anointing down. And even though you have the faith to move the mountain, offense and unforgiveness and strife and bitterness will shut it down. Have you ever been around division before? Three of you. Have you ever been around strife before? Have you ever been around someone in a relationship uh, that had unforgiveness toward one another? I'm telling you, when you walk in, you can feel it in the atmosphere. I preached at a church recently, and the pastor told me too much, but when I walked in, I I could just feel it. It was one of the toughest places I preached, and In the entire year, the church was in total strife. The church board was in deadlock with one another. You could just feel opposition. When there is strife and unforgiveness and bitterness and offense, I'm telling you, it shuts the anointing down in a place or vicinity. And it's one of the number one weapons the enemy wants to use to keep a church from flowing in the presence and power of God. I remember about a year and a half after I was saved, the academic dean from the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry is the gentleman that led me to Christ. And he was a teacher. And he was one of the most powerful teachers I've ever heard in my life to that day and to this day. And in his classes, it was my third semester, I would sit in his class and just be blessed by the word that he would teach. I would be blessed by the anointing of God that was upon his life. And he said, after the night that, that I was saved, he told my pastor, I'll come back and I will I will do a series of meetings. We'll do a revival at the church. And I want to tell you, there was nothing that uh, excited me more than Bob Gladstone coming back to my church and preaching. I prayed for revival at our church uh, constantly, all the time, and um, I asked my pastor about a year and a half in. I said, "When's When's Bob going to come back to the church?" and and he said to me, "Well, um, I've called Bob twice uh, and he hasn't returned my call." Now, how many of you know there's a big difference between rebellion and immaturity? Yeah, there's a difference between rebellion and someone doing something out of maturity excuse me, immaturity. And so when he told me that, I thought, man, Bob's a liar. Yeah, he's anointed. He can speak real good. I know I got saved under his ministry, but he told me he was coming back to my church, and and my pastor called him, and he won't call him back. So Bob is a liar. And I didn't tell anybody that. I didn't go and tell my friends, yeah, Bob's a liar. I, I didn't do any of that but I would sit there, and the the gift on his life that was like a glass of water in a parched desert, I wasn't blessed by his ministry anymore. Same person, same teaching, same anointing, and I would sit in, in that class, and I would just think, you're a liar. And this went on for about a month. I hadn't told anyone. Hadn't written a note, sent an email, text message. Nobody did I tell. And we're at the revival, and I'm going to minister with him one night. They asked me to catch for him. And so I walk over. I stand next to him. I'm not giving off any weird vibe. And I'm thankful for the prophetic anointing on his life. He just looked at me and just uh, out, of, out of the unction of God said, said Joe, do you have a, a problem with me? Is there something... Is there something that has taken place? Uh, and again, out of immaturity, um, no dip- diplomacy at this moment in my life. Uh, I said, yeah, you're a liar. To the academic dean of the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry. And, and when I said it, I could tell it aggravated him. I could see it on his face. And he wanted to rebuke me till I couldn't see straight. Thank God he was mature, and he thought to himself, I could see him begin to react, and he said, I tell you what, let's talk about this after we pray for people, <laughs> and so I said, okay, that's fine with me, so we pray for everybody, about an hour later, he pulls me to the side, and, and, and he said, look, I don't have to tell you any of this, but I just feel that I'm supposed to, he said, look, and, and the, guy, the guy could preach anywhere that he wanted to, and, he, and my church." was a church of about 125, 150, way out in the country. He said, because I told you that I'd come back to your church, I called your pastor twice because of what I said to you, and he never called me back, and I just thought he was busy for some reason. S- sometimes churches, uh, they get maxed out. The pastor doesn't have the bandwidth, uh, and uh, I just got slipped under the rug. But I want you to know that I called him back. And so when he said that to me, the offense lifted Bitterness lifted, unforgiveness, but it's real. I know some of us are chuckling, right? And it is funny. I mean, it's funny. It's Isn't that petty? Can you say amen to that? How many of you know somebody that's got offended over something petty? That it's not always these gigantic manifestations in church. I mean, we laugh, but if the pastor doesn't greet someone in a certain way sometimes. all of a sudden it's not a friendly church and nobody's loving and caring and i I, I just uh, you know that's I wish that was an exaggeration and 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 we're not talking about people that's just been saved for a year. we're talking about people that's been saved 30 years. A- and so after that moment, uh, the next class that i sat in the river was released the anointing flowed the blessing of god was in the service uh, and and i received and i and i'm convinced uh, that if bob wouldn't have gotten that word of knowledge that particular night before we were going to pray for people that i would have gotten offended at another teacher i would have gotten offended at john kilpatrick or steve hill i really firmly believe That I wouldn't be standing here tonight. I don't even know if I would be saved because bitterness and offense and strife uh, is a cancerous poison to believers to take them out. Uh, How many of you know somebody that maybe even used to go to this church? that the river of God was here, the blessing of God was here, the presence of God was here, and all of a sudden they get offended and they start telling everybody how, yeah, you know, I don't know what's happened to Pastor Tim, he was a man of God, the anointing of God was on his life, but but something's happened and, I, and, I, and all of a sudden they're at another church and that church now, the river is there and then the pastor has to address something in their life that Pastor Tim had to address four years ago, and now all of a sudden the river's not at that church anymore, the presence is not at that church anymore, and all of a sudden this individual that used to be full of joy, full of life, full of the presence, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the joy of the Lord is now bitter, angry, And everything that comes out of their mouth is divisive and strife-filled. Can anybody relate or know a situation like that? Bitterness and unforgiveness will shut breakthrough down in your life. Some will say, well, Joe, you don't know what my ex-husband did to me. You don't know what my uncle did. You don't know what my best friend did. When when we do not operate in forgiveness, you know how we, we become the accuser of the brethren. How many of you have received forgiveness from an offense that was occurred by God from your life? Just two of you, just these two ladies here. Say it again. Okay, I'll say it again. How many of you, through sin, have offended God and received forgiveness for the offense that you committed? Throw your hand up in the air. Okay, there we go. Maybe I wasn't articulate enough uh, in the first phraseology of that point. We have all received forgiveness from offense, how many of you think you will never offend God the rest of your life? Okay. My hand's not up either. And when we offend God, we want forgiveness from God. But when people offend you, if you don't forgive you do not give them what you expect to receive from God. The Bible says you'll be forgiven in the manner you forgive. And when you do not forgive, you operate like the accuser of the brethren. And you've got to release. I know that I've said a lot in this portion of what Bartimaeus was going through, but the devil fully understood that if he could offend Bartimaeus, if he could sow a seed of discord, if he could get him bitter at Christ, he could shut down the miracle working power that was in his vicinity to set him free at that particular moment but bartimaeus didn't take the bait bartimaeus didn't hold to the offense the bible says that bartimaeus cried out all the more jesus son of david have mercy on me and the bible says that as jesus was on his way When he heard this cry, he stopped in the direction that he was going and he turned toward Bartimaeus and he walked over to him and he asked him a specific question. He said, What do you need? Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus responded, I want to see. Jesus touched him and his blind eyes opened and everyone saw it. The atheists saw it. The Greco-Romans saw it. The idolater worshipper saw it. Uh, those living in sin saw it. The Pharisees saw it. Uh, the Sadducees saw it. Uh, the wealthy saw it. The poor saw it. Uh, everyone saw Jesus touched this man that was born blind and him get up, open his eyes uh, and begin to walk. You know what happened when Jesus touched Bartimaeus? Uh, He got physically healed. He got spiritually healed. He got emotionally healed. He got financially healed. His whole life changed. When Jesus touches, uh, he doesn't just touch one manner of your life. Uh, He has the power to touch the entire manner of Your life, and because Bartimaeus didn't get offended, he didn't get filled with strife, he didn't get angry, but he used that for a platform to cry out to God in a greater degree. He was blessed, he was touched, he was redeemed, and he was set free in Jesus' name. I, I, I've just, I just want to submit to you right now. I've seen people get healed when they forgive. I've seen people get physically touched with healing when they release someone. I I was at a church uh, several years ago and uh, I was ministering uh, and I I called for deaf people to come up uh, and, and there were several people that were deaf, partially deaf, uh, and I was ministering to them, and ears were opening up in the service. Uh, and I got to one lady, and she wasn't getting healed, and I began to minister to her along the lines of forgiveness and offense. Uh, and when she forgave, her ears popped open. I've seen people bound with crippling arthritis. So when they forgive, the arthritis breaks and they get healed. I, I want to tell you tonight, I couldn't shake this. Uh, I had another sermon that I was contemplating ministering, but I want to tell you if you want to walk in liberty and freedom and breakthrough, you, you, you know, uh, we preach, I, I preach on prayer everywhere that I go. But if you want this fast to have meaning in your life, you can fast 21 days on water alone. But if you've got a fence against someone, you can fast and you can pray and your prayers are going to hit a brass heaven. Not until you forgive and release and let go will you really begin to walk in breakthrough and your righteous prayer will availeth much you've got to forgive and release if you're going to walk in breakthrough thank you for the three amens you know some some as I've ministered this before some will say well Joe you don't know what he did to me You don't know what they did to me. An ex-husband that walked out on his wife and three children for another woman, left their kids, hadn't talked to the kids again, moved across the country. No cards on birthdays, no calls on Valentine's Day to their daughter, no No Christmas gifts, nothing, totally cut off. The kids uh, feel rejected and dejected. And and the wife uh, is living offended and hurt and broken day after day after day. And her ex-husband's on California fishing, not thinking about it, free of it. But Cindy's in bondage replaying the tape over and over and over and over and over again. How many of you have ever got hurt and played the tape over and over and over and over and over over again? Anybody besides me? I remember in a ministry context, I was uh, in in a staff meeting. I, we had about five evangelists working on our staff at that time, and and there was a problem that I was just addressing, in a in a very 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 gracious way. I, I was just saying, hey, when 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 someone feels led to move on, just let me know, and I just that was just my request, and and one of the individuals that was in ministry longer than any of the others just rebuked me, went off on me. And it was it was one of the worst meetings I've ever been in my life, and I fired the guy, and it, it it brought division in our ministry. It messed the momentum up at that time. And before I'd go to bed, I'd think about it. Every, I'm telling you every night. Everybody say every night, every night. I go to bed and I think about it, and I say he did this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, and this wrong. I did this right, this right, this right, this right, and this right. Uh, And he's wrong here, 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 and here. And I'm right here, 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 and here. And I do it every night. I'm telling you. And and I got bitter. I didn't want to see this guy. I didn't want to look at this guy. I didn't want to be in the room with him. And it began to affect me deep on the inside. He had moved on he had now he's now on staff at another church at a great church it was just immaturity on his part but he was he wasn't thinking about me anymore he was moved on and he was blessed and everything was great but i'm thinking about it every day i'm in a prison cell for what he did to me and he's just fishing and going to the mall and doing ministry and having a grand time and i'm all bound up for something he did from to me, and all I needed to do was forgive him so so i'm thinking what do what, what do I do? How do I get free of this so I sent him an offering I invited him to speak at something that I was doing uh on at a at a at a citywide level with uh, a lot of pastors, the district superintendent was there, I gave him the mic, Uh, I brought Reinhardt Bonnke to something, and I had just a few people at at a closed meeting, about 10 or 12 people, I invited him to come to sit in front of him, Uh, I just began to do everything that I could do to bless him, uh, so I could get free of the offense, Uh, and as I did that, I stepped out of unforgiveness uh, and i began to flow once again in breakthrough and god wants this fast uh, that your pastor feels led for life church to embark on to bear fruit, and He doesn't want anything, God doesn't want anything to hinder your prayer moving into this next season and the church's maturation, life for you personally and as a ministry. So I want to ask you tonight, going in to this 21-day fast, and I want you to be real. Do you, you know how you know if there's something still there of offense? If you see them in aisle 7 of Walmart, you say, I'm going to get the peanut butter later. And you go to aisle 27. And you get away from them. You don't want to look at them. That might be an indicator that you need to get free. If you don't want to talk to them, if you don't want to look at them, if you don't want to see them, you might say you've forgiven them, but you haven't forgiven them. And and forgiveness is a muscle that we build. Um, You know, 10 years ago, I used to bench press 335 pounds. If I tried that today, I would be in the hospital. It wouldn't work out. You have to work your way up. And when you forgive someone, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have an emotion the next hour or the next day or the next week. But it does say that you've made up your mind. When that emotion of unforgiveness comes to you, you begin to push it away. And you begin to speak blessing and forgiveness and release. So so this is what I want to do. If you're here tonight, I I just want you to take a moment before the Lord. Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a a friend, maybe it's a business partner, maybe it's a an ex-spouse, maybe it's your father, maybe it's a high school classmate. If you have bitterness or unforgiveness against someone, Lord, I just ask you now to search our hearts, to know us. And this is what I want you to do. If you have unforgiveness or bitterness, if you sense that if God's dealing with you right now and you need to release someone and you're ready to do that, I just want you to stand to your feet right now. Just want you to, to just come up front real quick. You can just line up shoulder to shoulder. I, I, is there is there anyone else that there there's an ought there's a there's a seed there's a root there's a a a negative feeling that's more than just you know i I don't really care for his personality or her personality there's a relational offense anybody else what I want us to do I want us that has come up here tonight I I just want you to gently lift your hands you don't have to lift them high but I want you and I want you to close them and I'm, I'm not trying to be humorous but I want you to put that person's face on the balloon And I've never let go of a helium balloon wherever I found it again. It never came back. They go to helium balloon heaven. I don't know. But I want you to take a moment. I want you to close your eyes. And when you're ready, I just want you to open your hand And I want you to release that individual. And for some of you, you're going to find release and never think about it again. But some of you, it will come back tomorrow. It may come back next week. I want you to release them again and again and again and again. Pastor Tim, this morning and tonight, said, I really want to see the kids ministered to tonight, and I thought, how in the world, this message, I don't think, God, this will be the message. God, this one is, I got another one that would be much better for that, but the Lord wouldn't release me, and out of all the people that I would have thought would have come up here, it wouldn't have been all the youth. We want to thank you for listening to the message today. We would love for you to stop by and see us. Our services start at 10 a.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights with various small groups throughout the week. Here at Life Church, we hope you have a great week.